The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today. And if you could just introduce yourself a little bit, let us know where you went to undergrad, where you are now for school. Hi, everyone. My name is Parisha. I'm a D1 at New York University's College of Dentistry. And I actually went to undergrad in Northern Virginia at George Mason University. But funny story, I was born in Manhattan, born and raised, and then we had to move to Virginia um, because of my dad's job. And now I'm back in Manhattan for dental school. So I like to say that my my life with New York has come full circle. That's really nice. You're probably back in the place that feels more like home anyways. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have friends and family that still live in the city too outside of dental school? So a lot of my family now, they've relocated to Long Island, New York. So a bit far from the city, but no, like even though I was born here and lived here, I feel like I moved like along with my out-of-state classmates started fresh. And especially with COVID, the city has been very different than what it used to be. So that was also a huge transition, you know, to adjust with as well. And I'm coming from a very suburban area. So Northern Virginia, I lived since I was 10. So from 10 to age 22. So coming back to like a city environment, it was a huge difference. Oh, yeah. And especially because when you did live in the city, you were younger. So it's not really the same kind of experience that you're having now. Exactly. Now I'm alone doing things, adulting. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, you're right. It is. It is very different. So could we start off just talking about your pre-dental journey? Can you kind of walk us through when you knew you wanted to do dentistry, any of the like undergrad experiences you had? Sure. So my story is a little bit different. I knew that I wanted to become a dentist when I was 16 years old. And that's because growing up, my family, there were, so my family is from Bangladesh. It's a third world country and they were like deadly terrified of the dentist. And I couldn't really understand why, because I grew up going to the dentist and it was just fine. But it wasn't until, you know, I was in high school and my parents and my grandparents would share stories that back at home when they'd get dental work done, like doctors would reuse anesthetics. They wouldn't wear gloves. They'd make everything look very daunting almost. And I have this one crazy story that I have to share. And I shared it during my dental school interviews. So my grandmother, 
she had to get work done in India. So she goes, uh, it's for a bridge. And the doctor actually reused an anesthetic that he used on his previous patient. So on her way back home from India to Bangladesh, the commute, she literally went into anaphylactic shock, like she couldn't breathe. And it's just stories like that. I'm like, well, of course, you're scared of the dentist, like I would be too. So it's just, when I was 16 and we were in Virginia, two of the doctors that were my dentist, they're both NYU grads and they're both from Pakistan. They made me realize like, wow, like these are my people. And look, they love dentistry. And a lot of our patients were also South Asian. And a lot of them were the age of my grandparents and my parents. So it was really nice and reassuring to see that they were changing that. And that's exactly what I want to do, you know, educate people that, no, your dental needs are just as important as your medical needs. It's a lot of times my family will see it as, oh, no, it's expensive, so I won't need it. Or no, my tooth doesn't hurt. I'll only go to the dentist when I feel pain. But now I'm starting to see as I'm becoming more involved in dentistry, they'll ask me questions about it. And I I can like explain it in a way that doesn't seem so scary. So that's how I was introduced into the world of dentistry. And then I've even dental assisted for that same couple all throughout my undergrad years. So that kept me very involved as well. And then you asked about my my pre-dental journey. So I came into George Mason as a biology major. And Right, I would say after my first year, year and a half, I was actually introduced to neuroscience because a lot of my pre-med friends were majoring in neuro. So I took a neuroscience class, I fell in love with the major, and then I added that on as my double major. And what's really cool, a lot of times people ask me, well, you're interested in dentistry. What does neuro have to do with that at all? But I took a lot of psychology-based courses, and I even got to do a research project on children from South Asian countries and their dental anxiety. I got to see how those two relate from like the psychological aspect, which I thought was very, very cool. Um, So that was really great. I love both bio and neuro. And I was also the president of my dental society in undergrad. So we were a VAW volunteers around the world outreach program, where we traveled to the Dominican Republic, we did free dental care on orphan girls, actually. So that was really, really wholesome and a very sweet experience. So I was definitely I would say like, in my undergrad, I did not let dentistry go. I was very involved. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's so nice that you found like a true passion related to dentistry so early and you continued to learn more about it, like through your research project, through your involvement, through meeting more patients and everything. And now you're finally in school and like really, really taking those steps to reaching that goal. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I 100% agree. So when it talks about your like application process, what do you think maybe made you feel nervous or less confident with your application? And then what was an element of your application that you were very confident about? Okay, so I would say for the application process, the biggest thing that made me nervous was the personal statement. And with that, I still I have so many pre-dents asking me about it to this day. It's just you're getting feedback from so many different people. Some students are saying, no, don't write that. 
some students are saying, no, include that. And I think that was like one of the biggest like things that caused me a lot of confusion and anxiety because I'd hear people say, oh, admissions is only going to read it for about a few seconds anyways so it has to be good like the first sentence has to be perfect so trying to like cater to that was tough but um there's actually a book and I'll like I'll send you that guide it's this book that gives like 20 or so examples of personal statements one of my friends introduced that to me and I thought that was extremely helpful and it's called your essential guide to dental school admissions. I got it on Amazon. So it was just reading other people's how like, it just showed that everyone is a different writer. And you don't have to write a certain way in order to get accepted into dental school. And another thing that I was doing, I was sending my essay to literally everyone and anyone, even people who didn't really know me. So obviously, when someone doesn't know you, they're not going to edit your essay based on emotion or based on, yeah, I remember Prisha talking about that, or I remember seeing her um, post about it or, you know, share her experience about it. They're just strictly reading it. And so that was a big, I would say that's something if I could go back, I would not do that. So then I narrowed it down. I only sent it to a very close professor, two very close friends, and one of my friends who was already in dental school. And that definitely helped Um, make the process a bit easier for me. But in terms of strengths, I would definitely say my experiences. Because coming into undergrad, I tried to get involved right away my freshman year. I know a lot of people like to wait their junior and senior year. But one thing that even in my interviews, they would bring up, they love to see consistency. And a lot of the times they asked me about my research and my volunteering. That was a huge topic of discussion for, I would say, every single one of my interviews. And so because I started that freshman year, filling up that slot was that was like one of the easiest things for me. Yeah, that's something I always, always tell pre-dental students is it doesn't particularly matter like what kind of experiences you're doing as long as you're passionate about it and you do them all throughout undergrad, like as soon as you know you want to go to dental school, like that consistency is that just shows that you have a genuine interest and that's what they're looking for. Oh, for sure. So many of my volunteering, it had nothing to do with dentistry. So, you know, it's really cool because it adds a unique element to you. Yeah. And by your passions and the things you like to be involved in, they get to know you. It's like another, not personal statement, but another way for them to see what Mm -hmm. kind of person you are and what your interests are. So it's a great way to just put your foot forward before that interview. Definitely. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I guess on the topic of interviews, I would love to hear about your interview experience and if you have any advice for pre-dents. Sure. 
Um, this was, I, I was re- okay. I would say more than applications. I was extremely nervous for interviews. So for me, it's a little bit different. I went through my entire application and interview process on Zoom. I'm not really sure if they're back to being in person. Um, but for me, how it worked was, you know, I dress up where like, a suit pant type thing. And then I would have like interviews weren't even long at most. They would be 40 minutes for me, but the process, I would definitely say, please don't wing it. I know like I've heard of some dental students who've say, like they've told me they've done that. And that really scares me to even hear, but um, I kept a journal. That was the biggest thing I did. And on that journal, I would write questions. So I know like, okay, I tell all my pre-dents, please do not listen to SDN. But the only time I did listen to them was they have like, they list out schools and like the generic interview questions they ask. And I found that to be extremely helpful because nine times out of 10, the questions were pretty accurate. So I would keep a journal, write down the question, bullet a few of my thoughts on how I would respond. And then I would just practice. I would like speak out loud and talk to myself. Basically, I didn't want it to sound way too rehearsed. I would try to pretend that I'm having a conversation with someone else, or you can even, I would even talk to my sister or my mom. So that was extremely helpful because a lot of the times when you're in that moment, even though I practice. I would leave certain things out because, you know, that's how conversations flow. You don't know which turn it will take. Or maybe you're I like you're really nervous. I know that happened to me for one of them. You get nervous and you don't really recall all, every single point you wanted to say. So I would definitely, definitely practice saying because I do agree that interviews can make or break your acceptance because you made it so far. You've gotten that interview. Now you really have to show them how you are as a person. That's so great. And I totally agree. Like I did prep and people ask me like how to prepare. And I think everyone kind of has a different personality. And if you reflect a little bit, you'll know what is going to make you feel most comfortable going into the interview. Like for you looking up the practice questions and really writing down example answers, like made you feel a little bit more comfortable and made your interviews more successful. But then there's some people that looking at those questions might stress them out. So I think it's important to just like know your type and just go with it. Don't let other people's opinions on how you should prepare kind of sway the way that you choose to do it. Oh, definitely. Like that last point, that's a huge thing when you're a pre-dental student applying. Don't let other people's opinions sway you because oftentimes I feel even like I was saying for my personal statement, I'd be like, oh, but they they're in dental school. They went through the process. They definitely know, but that's not true. Everyone is different. Even how we study is different. How we talk to people is different. So, you know, yourself best take that first and then take the next steps. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of this stuff, it's just so hard for some people because certain dental schools, I mean, certain undergrads just don't have a lot of guidance when it comes to getting into dental school, they don't maybe have a pre-dental club or a strong one or not great advisors. And it's really hard to find those mentors. And hopefully with social media now and podcasts and YouTube and everything, people are finding those mentors and those resources. But I know it's really hard depending where you're going to school and starting out your education. 
Yeah, that Haley, that's such a big point because even in my undergrad, even though we had a pre-dental club, um, admissions, my counselors, they didn't really know because George Mason doesn't have a dental school. So it's not like they could be, if we did have a dental school, they could have referred us to someone. Right. But that was, I will say that was a bit tricky. And I did, I went to social media a lot. I still remember you actually presented for Mason on one of the days. And I like wrote down everything you were saying. I was jotting it all down that I followed you on Instagram and these connections, like we're so lucky with social media in that way, because it really, it does help. It makes a big, big difference. So I'm really glad that you're doing these podcasts because I'm sure you're making an impact for so many. Well, thank you. And thank you for your time too. I know we were talking before we started recording, like you're in a busy semester right now in the middle of your day. So I appreciate your time and you're helping people too. So it's great. Oh, of course, of course. And on that similar topic of like finding guidance, you talked about having like a friend that was in dental school ahead of you and you had the dentist you assisted, but do you have advice for people like finding those mentors? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say if you're still an undergrad, try to reach out to your pre-dental community or a pre-dental club. I know that's how I met my friend who got into dental school. She was on board of our pre-dental society. So I like met her in one of the first few meetings. I took her number and it just started like that. So if not, if you don't really have a strong pre-dental club, please like use, as I was saying earlier, use social media to your advantage. Everyone like the dental community on social media, they're all so kind Yeah, they might not respond to you right that second, but nine times out of 10, they do respond. And if you're particularly interested in a school, that's exactly what I did. So, oh yeah, for every interview, I would find someone who goes to that school. And how I found these people was actually through the dental admissions bootcamp Facebook group. They have like an Excel sheet of uh, dental students who are more than willing to help you. And I would message them on Facebook and Instagram. That was tremendously helpful because oftentimes in an interview or when you speak to office of admissions, they'll give you, you know, like the straight cut answer. But when you speak to a student, they can tell, you know, this is what we're going through. This is how our curriculum is. And it's, it's so, so, so helpful for me, especially when I was deciding on which school to go to. But even before that, you can start messaging them. You can reach out to them. At that, I will definitely say is a helpful outlet. Yeah, that's a great resource too. I remember using that. I, I mentioned it to people still, but then I think like, I don't even know if it's still available because I feel like I applied so long ago now. But the fact that you used it just like a couple cycles ago means it's probably still up and running. Yeah, for sure. Because they keep the documents on the page. I don't think they ever take them out. And I do see like every year, they'll ask for more dental students to participate. So I think it's still going. Yeah. That's great. Um, I guess we talked a lot about your pre-dental experience and your advice to those undergrads, but I'd also love to talk about your dental school experience now in your first year. How has your transition been? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh, Haley, it's been a very, very, very huge transition. I I can't really say that anything that you do up until you begin dental school really 
prepares you. I mean, I thought I was 100% prepared, right? But it, it it's, a, it's two factors, I would say, for me. First, moving to a city. Now, New York City is extremely, it is the polar opposite of suburban Northern Virginia. I had my car everywhere back home. I even commuted to undergrad, actually. But here, it's different. You walk. I walk to school or you take the subway, or you take the bus. So just, it was a big cultural difference, I would say. But the people here are so amazing. It's so diverse that you will find your niche and your group. And everyone in dental school is so willing and helpful. That's something that I absolutely love. So my the people that I surrounded myself with made that transition uh, easier for me, exciting for me. Um, but dental school starting it. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. This is what I wanted to do since I was 16. Right. So finally being able to start it, it was like, everything is so cool. Even touching a handpiece for the first time, touching your mirror. Cause I was an assistant. I would always hand these instruments to the dentist, but now the fact that I'm able to use them on my own, that was really exciting. And even going off that, my favorite um, course would be lab. So we have right now we're in single tooth restoration. So a lot of restorations, class ones, class twos, class threes, class fives. I love being in the lab. If I could be in the lab all day, every day, I would. And I think that comes from me assisting and seeing that, wow, like my dentist, they were able to do this and now I'm learning it. So it's really exciting that I can see that come to life. Um, but didactics wise, it is challenging because I like to tell my pre-dental friends that in undergrad, when you had an exam, it was just on a few PowerPoints, I would say five to six, right? But in dental school, it's not that the material is impossible. It's just It's a lot of material in a very short amount of time. Like, for example, yesterday, I had a microbio exam on 20 lectures. Now, if you told undergrad me that we'd have an exam in 20 lectures, I'd be like, no, you're you're kidding. I can't do that. But you actually can. It's just now that I'm a second semester uh, D1 student, I've definitely adapted to how I study. And it's funny, I was even talking to my friends about it yesterday. Our first semester, we would have you know, not hung out with anyone that week, just study, study, study. But now we know exactly how we study, how we learn best, and we cater to that. And we're still going out. We're still trying to balance our schedule. And that was a huge thing to learn to balance because I was like, wait, do I study all day or do I not? And I would say, Haley, definitely looking at you, like you're such a big inspiration. I still don't know how you do it. Like when I see your schedule, I'm like, oh my gosh, she fits so much into her schedule. And look, she's still like an amazing student. She's still giving time to herself. So that's a big thing, like looking to balance yourself because no, you don't have to study 24 seven to still become a dentist, you know? So that, that was a big transition for me and I'm still working on it. I like to say it's getting better, but that's something you can always improve upon. Yeah. And like having, again, like a lot of the self-reflection, understanding your goals in dentistry, allows you to know how you can best spend your time during dental school. Like you were saying with me, I do a lot of different things, but I mean, I'm not getting A's in every single class. Like that's something that 
I'm not prioritizing the same way. Like I'm getting everything done, learning as much as I can. But I know that for my career, being involved in extracurriculars and making connections with people in the industry, like that's something that's going to benefit me later. So like, that's a way I choose to spend my time. And like you said, like the self-care and just balancing and making sure that you are fulfilling all of your needs in like all different ways is so crucial. And sorry, there's someone doing lawn work outside. Um, You probably don't hear that as much in the city. Lots of other noises (laughs) though, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. So (laughs) when I do hear it, it's like, okay, a sense of home. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But what I was saying, just like starting out dental school, I think it's so important to kind of figure out what you want to do, what your next steps are going to be. So you can make the most of those years while still trying to take care of yourself. Right. I, Haley, I agree with that so much, especially because I don't know why. So in my program, when we all came in, everyone has this one word specializing and they're like, no, we all have to specialize. I'm going to specialize. And actually for me coming into dental school, because I've assisted so much with general dentists, I really love general dentistry. And I, the biggest thing that I love about it is that I notice the dentists I work with, yes, they're general, but they're doing a little bit of everything. And they told me that with your continuing CE courses, you can do it. Like my general, he does implants, which I think is so cool. And I, I saw that I experienced that with them. And I thought, wow, yeah, I'll definitely come into dental school right now. In my mind, I want to stick to general, but just in case that I fall in love with a specialty, I'll be, I'll keep an open mind, but it's when you surround yourself and everyone is saying, no, I'm going to specialize. I'm going to specialize that does get to your head. Kind of like how we were talking about pre-dental students who don't have guidance. So when they do find that one person, they're like, no, everything they're saying is right. Um, So that was a big learning curve for me. First semester, I would say I was pushing myself way more, sometimes to the point where I'm like, dang, like this is this is really hard now. But this semester, kind of like what you were saying, you figured out exactly what you want to prioritize, because in the long run, you want to see how that's going to affect you. That's how I'm going about it, too. You know, becoming more involved now and the balance, like saying, okay, no. Um, I remember, I think I saw on your Instagram, you were like, gonna study or take a final or something but then you're like no you took a bar class or I think something like that I'm like no that's exactly what I'm doing this semester studying will always be there but you know taking care of your your mental health and things that make you happy you you have to have that and I met with one of my counselors this semester and she was like no, you have to find something that makes you happy outside of dentistry, whether that be working out, cooking, baking, knitting, please. That's what I tell all my pre-dents now, because that's something that I didn't know before that please try to find something that really makes you happy because there will be times in dental school where it feels really hard. It feels impossible. So you have to have outlets, you know, that keep you sane, that keep you happy. Yeah. And it's that concept that people talk about a lot. Like once I get into dental school, then I'll be happy. Once I pass boards, then I'll be happy. Once Mm -hmm. I buy my practice, then I'll be happy. And there's always going to be something else that you're striving for. So if you keep waiting to start taking care of yourself and finding things that bring you joy, like 
you're just going to waste so much of your life. So like you were saying, it's so, so important. For sure. I agree. One of the last things I wanted us to talk about today is reasons why you chose NYU for dental school. And if someone was, let's say, in between NYU and another program to attend, what would you tell them? Okay, I was in this exact boat a year ago. Um, I would definitely say speak to students who attend the school. They can tell you the real, um, the raw version of what they experience. Ask them, what is your day-to-day schedule like? How are didactics? What do you think of lab? These things really matter. So I would speak to a lot of dental students. And even like during interviews, I know a lot of, they have a lot of Q&A panels. And oftentimes those students give out their emails or their social media. So I made sure to jot those down and I reached out to a lot of them. But for me, the biggest thing that caught my eye for NYU was the opportunity. So in New York City, even now I see like one of the first courses we took, it's people who like have come out with extremely cool inventions and everything. And um, we have a lot of guest speakers for our courses. So the way our didactics work, we don't just have one professor teaching it. So each topic that a professor has their expertise or PhD or experience in, they teach us the course. And I find that really incredible because oftentimes these professors excuse me, have their own uh, offices or they have their own research projects that you can get involved in. And a lot of my friends, that's how they found what they want to specialize in is through them. Opportunity here is limitless. And then another big thing, the patient pool. You will never have to go out and find a patient here. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of patients ready to be seen at the clinic. And I, we actually started shadowing in clinic our second semester of D1 year. And I get to see it firsthand how faculty, how students interact with patients. And I love it because it takes me back to my assisting days. And it truly reminds me why I want to be a dentist. Because oftentimes, especially last semester, it was so didactic heavy. That definitely took a toll on me. That now that we're in clinic, it's more hands-on with lab. I'm like, yes, this is why I came here. This is exactly what I want to do. So I would definitely say reach out to people, make connections. They're Again, they're so nice. They'll reach out to you at one point or another. They'll help you. And yeah, that's just, you know, the biggest thing here. And I love the community. I love the diversity. Um, The city, there's so much to do here. You'll never have a dull moment. A lot of activities, places to eat, places to try. And the really nice thing is, although I do miss my car sometimes, the nice thing is you can... Like commuting, it's just so easy and convenient here. So that's that's really, really nice that, you know, when school can be tough, at least you have the city to explore adventure. So I really, really like that about New York City and NYU. It's all really great information. Like you said, the program itself, but also the location, like you're going to be at the place for four years. So hopefully you'd also right. like the city or location that the school is in too. Right. That was actually the biggest thing that I considered for me, because for me, environment matters a lot. The people, the environment, I I knew I I had to be in a diverse area because that's exactly where I came from, from undergrad. So, you know, like you said, seeing, well, I'm going to be here for four years. Well, you want it 
you know, you want it to be, if you can choose somewhere that, you know, you'll thrive. Yeah. That's all really great insight. And everything you said today was so just like interesting to me getting to know you more and hopefully it inspired a lot of people to continue finding their own like purpose for why they're pursuing dentistry and really just like shape their experiences and involvements around that. I definitely agree, Haley. And thank you so much for reaching out. You're so cool. I look up to you so much. Uh Um, So I, I, I'm so, so happy that you're doing this. It's really great. Thank you. And is there a good way for people, if they do have questions for you to reach out to you? Oh, for sure. I think the easiest way for me would be Instagram. Um, it's my first and last name, Parisha Khan 10. That, that will be the most easy way for me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. And have a nice break. Please enjoy. Relax. And then I can't wait to see how your next semester goes of D3. Good luck. Thank you. You too.